if there were ever a happy place in the universe, and there is, it's heaven. But the Bible's view of heaven is much larger than what most Christians understand it to be. There's the present heaven where you go when you die. Uh, to die and be with Christ is, is better by far. To be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. Scripture tells us to, to be with Jesus is, is better than anything, but even those now in heaven are awaiting the resurrection. And that's where 2 Peter 3.13 comes to play, which says, we are looking forward to a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Revelation 21 tells us that God is going to wipe away the tears from every eye. There will be no more death, no more pain, no more suffering, no more sin, no more sorrow. Revelation 22 says there will be no more curse. It will be a perfect world where people will live as resurrected beings with real bodies. And sometimes we think, well, I don't know. I, I like this life. I, I, I like this earth. Maybe even sort of, I like this body, or if not this body, at least I like the idea of a body, of having a body. I don't want to be a ghost. I don't want to float around for eternity. Well, congratulations. Uh, you're going to get what you want if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, because you're not going to float around as a ghost. That's a pagan concept. The Christian concept, what the Bible teaches us, is resurrection. That we, as resurrected beings, will live on a resurrected earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1. Revelation 21 verse 1 says that God creates a new heavens and a new earth. So it's not just a, a new heaven dwelling place of God. It's new heavens, celestial heavens. So new solar system, new quasars, new galaxies, maybe new black holes, new planets, all the stuff that's, that's out there in God's original beautiful universe of which he said it is very good. That's the kind of world that he's going to make, and he is going to restore our bodies, but more than restore them, he's going to resurrect them, which means that our bodies will be better than they have ever been. So sometimes people think in this life, well, you know, I've passed my peak. And I look back at what I used to be able to accomplish. And I used to be much stronger and I could run faster. I, I could work longer hours. And my mind was much better than my mind is now. Well, you know what? According to the Bible, if you know Jesus Christ, you will not pass your peak in this life. In fact, in this life, you will not reach your peak. The peak is something that will be reached in the resurrection, and we will never pass that peak. So some people think, well, you know, the best has already gone by in my life. And then other people are hopeful. Maybe the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Always it is ahead of the believer in Christ. In my book, Heaven, I coined a term, Christoplatonism, to try to capture this weird combination of philosophies. The early Christian church fathers, some of them became highly influenced by Platonic philosophy, and they carried over Plato's ideas that the body was a tomb for the spirit, that the spirit was trapped in the body. And unfortunately, they integrated this with Christian theology, but this is in contrast to what the Bible says. The Bible talks about the resurrection and the importance of the resurrection. And 
Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, if the dead are not raised, then we are of all people most to be pitied. He wasn't looking forward to a disembodied state. He was looking forward to a resurrection body in a resurrected world, a place where you actually would walk on the ground. Jesus said they're gonna come from the east and the west, and they're gonna sit down at a table with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, not just those who once were Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Bible teaches continuity, not only physicality, but continuity. Uh, Job says, I myself will see my Redeemer with my own eyes. I and not another. It will really be me. Some Christians that I talk to think, well, you know, we won't even remember this life. Of course we'll remember this life. And some people say, well, of course we won't remember the bad things that happened to us. Well, Revelation 6 says that the martyrs look down on earth and they say, how long, O Lord, before you bring judgment on those who murdered us? And obviously, remembering that you were murdered, being murdered is a a pretty negative thing. But those in heaven have happiness, not because their minds are wiped clean like a slate and they can't remember earth. Rather, it's that they can look at what happened to them on earth with an eternal perspective. And we will have that perspective forever. And we'll be able to look back on this life and see how God really truly did work these things together for good in our lives. And we'll see how God used them not only for his glory, but for our eternal good. The early Christians looked forward to heaven, not as a kind of a wishful thinking type of place, not with the definition that we usually give to hope today, but with a blood-bought certainty, knowing that Jesus Christ came into this world not just to redeem his people, but to redeem the world itself. That's why Romans 8 talks about the, the whole creation is going to be redeemed. It's going to be refashioned. It's going to be renewed. There's every reason to believe from Isaiah 60, Isaiah 65, Isaiah 11, Ezekiel 47, and other passages that there will be animals on the new earth, that God is not just going to redeem people, but he's going to resurrect his entire creation. All creation fell on our coattails as human beings. We went into sin and animals suffered as a result and the whole world suffered as a result. Likewise, in the resurrection, the world that fell on our coattails will rise on our coattails. So you think that you've seen beautiful sunsets and you think that you've seen beautiful flowers and vegetation and wonderful animals. And you think that you've tasted great food and had great things to drink. That's all in a fallen world. Think of what it will be like in a world with perfect bodies, with uh, perfect vision, with the ability to study and remember. Think of what learning will be when you don't forget. Uh, Think of when the greatest scientists in the world might get together, yes, on a new earth, and share their discoveries to the glory of God and maybe talk about the design of spacecrafts and the visiting of places in outer space. Think if Sir Isaac Newton were still alive today and had never lost any of his brain power, which he didn't fully experience in this life anyway, and he and all of these other scientists 
uh, who were believers and people who will throughout eternity study the wonders of God's universe? What if they all get together and collaborate and nobody's worried about whether they're going to win the Nobel Prize, so they got to withhold information from other people? And some people, if you talk like that, they'll say, but wait a minute, I thought heaven was all about worshiping Jesus. Well, yes, and everything I just said should be about glorifying God, about worshiping Jesus. Because even in this life, God says, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or anything else, whatever you do, whether you're taking a class, whether you're working on an assembly line, whether you're driving a car, whether you're playing golf, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. So someday, new earth, might we play golf? Might artists make art? Might musicians perform? Might we gather together for sporting events? Might we, we play and laugh and run in meadows? The answer to that, I'm convinced, is an absolute yes. Satan did not make this world. God did not fail when sin and the curse came upon this world. His original plan was for men and women together to rule the world to his glory. And sometimes we think, well, that plan failed. And then now all God is going to be able to do is just kind of rip out our spirits from planet Earth and send us up to uh, heaven in some disembodied state to live with the angels forever. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches God will succeed in his original plan because the new earth will be a place where perfected, sinless, righteous, never to sin again, perfectly happy, men and women will rule the earth, the new earth, to God's eternal glory. And God will enter in to this with us. And God will rejoice in our discoveries and in our worship and our enjoyment of his creation. And I believe we will walk the new earth with Jesus Christ, that he will come into a room and we will embrace him and we will desire to be with him. And we will sit around, yes, real campfires together, get in water and have these meals together. These are the promises of God. Does that sound happy? Does that sound like a happy place? Oh yeah. And anytime a Christian looks at this life and thinks in terms of a bucket list, I think we're missing the boat. Are you kidding? I've got to do this, this, and this before I die, go to this beautiful, wonderful place, eat this wonderful food, uh, experience the reading of this book. Do you think there'll be no books to read? Do you think there'll be no places to go, things to do, people to see? Do you think the new creation will somehow be inferior to the present one? Oh no, it'll be far greater. There's going to be a new Jerusalem for sure. Might there be a new Los Angeles? Might there be a new Nairobi? Might there be a new London? Might there be a new Lake Victoria, a new Mount Kilimanjaro to climb and to view for the glory of God? I think the answer to that is yes. A lot of Christians struggle with the idea of boredom. Isn't this gonna be a boring place? Well, it really would be a boring place, heaven would be, if we were disembodied spirits and all we did was drift around. And people talk about uh, strumming harps in the clouds, although I don't know how you'd strum a 
harp if you were a disembodied spirit. But in fact, what the Bible teaches us is resurrection, which is completely different than that. What it means is there always will be things to do to God's glory. Boredom, boredom is something that happens in this life in a world of sin and curse. We'll never be bored. There will be times where uh, we we will think, uh, you know, the best is yet to be. And, uh, and then maybe one day we'll be tempted to say, wow, I've never experienced anything like this. It doesn't get any better than this. And then we'll say, oh yeah, actually it does get better than this and it will get better than this. Ephesians 2.7 says, in the ages to come, God will be revealing unto us the wonders of the riches of his grace and kindness to us in Christ Jesus. All that lies ahead of us. We will learn forever the wonders of the nature and glory of God, and we will experience it with him to the delight of God, to our own delight and happiness, and that of our fellow children of God. That's what awaits those who know Jesus Christ as Savior.